come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Von Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt. And I'm Kimbra. And today we have a special guest that we're going to get to in just a few minutes. Before we do that, though, I want to let everybody know uh, something I'm kind of doing that's different for right now, and it has to do with the Florida Aquarium. I don't usually talk too much about that, uh, but right now, of course, the aquarium is closed, and so we are having these things called C-SPAN, and every Monday you can watch Mondays with Matt, where I draw an animal and talk about it. So. Head over to the Facebook page for the Florida Aquarium on Mondays and look for that. And also look for some videos I'm going to be releasing through the Florida Aquarium that are going to be doing drawings as well, but they're going to be featuring animals from the Galapagos Islands. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. They should call it Mondays with Kimbra, and they should have Kimbra go on and do it. And draw? Yeah. You, I can suggest it. Uh, they'll say no. Oh. <laughs> have you seen my, my drawing, Matt? Look, everybody's an artist. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Okay. But seriously, we hope everybody is doing well out there. Please be careful. Stay healthy. Um, we talked to Jonathan Bailey of the Photog Experience. And first of all, let me say he is a really super nice guy, which everybody we meet, we I was, say that. I was literally about to say, <laughs> Matt, he was such a nice guy. But but really, I mean, that is the truth. Like everybody that we meet in the cruising communities are just really nice people. And Jonathan is a great example of that. He's also a very talented young man. And uh, he does photography as part of his profession, as well as graphic design. And because he of his knowledge of photography he has a cruise channel on youtube and he has a facebook page he does a little bit on instagram and it's called the photog experience so we're going to be talking to him about videography photography gear tips and just having a good old time absolutely well hi jonathan it's good to have you on well it's good to be here thank you yeah i i have uh, i've been a, a friend I, i'll say friend of Jonathan's for quite a while, going back to yeah. the cruise geeks and and watching his content, and uh, and tell us about well, would you say YouTube is your biggest thing that you do, or would you put it in one of the other media social media forms? Focus wise, I would definitely say YouTube is my biggest thing. Um, with being the photo experience, it is photo based, so I try to do as much on Instagram as possible. And Facebook is just kind of the liaison between the two. Okay. But yeah. definitely with uh, with the content that I've been producing lately, definitely YouTube is the, the big one. And the Photog experience, how did you come up with that name? For so many years, uh, I'm a photographer by trade professionally. And so many people over the years have said, oh, so you're the Photog. Um, basically, that's a, a term of endearment, I suppose, to people who take photos. And um, I was thinking of what I wanted to do with YouTube and content creating. And a lot of people, when I first started getting into the cruise community, were, I guess, flabbergasted by the photos that I was posted, even though the photos that I posted, even though they weren't the greatest things. But I wanted to get a chance. I wanted to 
basically take what I knew to and teach other people. So give them the experience of being a photographer. So that's where the photog experience comes. So it's, it's basically me giving tips and tricks to people to improve their photography. I can that's where I can relate from. to that so well <laughs> with the more of a visual art thing like drawing and stuff because you know you're always your worst critic. So you say you put these mm-hmm. photos up and they were like, "Man, they were all right." But everybody was like, "Woohoo." And I sometimes exactly. I do that. I'll I'll make a drawing. I'll be like doodling sometimes people are like, "That's really awesome." And I'm like, "This is terrible." But <laughs> you know, but for there's like different levels and we always judge ourselves mm-hmm. the harshest. But the other thing that I can relate to is wanting to share what skills I have with people. And, and, uh, that's why I like to do drawing tutorials and, and that sort of things. And, and, and I like photography too. Uh, in fact, one of the reasons that I started kind of getting to know you was because I was really kind of into photography before I was into doing YouTube and podcast. And so there were lots of, of course there were lots of photography vlogs out there but i was in this cruise community space and so i was looking for people in the cruise community and then all of a sudden you were making these i remember it was like cell phone videos like of you taking yeah. pictures <laughs> and and like i i was like watching those like a college course you know i was like trying to <laughs> trying to study you were talking about you know the the um the iso and all, all the different technical mm-hmm. terms of photography and i'm like just soaking it up, trying to figure out, wait, I, now, now I go out and try and do this myself. It doesn't look the same. So that's exactly, there's so much technical aspect to manual photography. That's insane. Um, most people nowadays basically just kind of click a button um, and they don't understand what ISO is or what aperture is or F stop. And um, it can be extremely technical, but the cool thing about photography, it can be super automated as well. So um you can teach an amateur or you can teach a professional photographer a wide array, a wide array of things. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. The other thing that, that the, the way, the way I know that I am not a great photographer because <laughs> I can, I can go out and take really amazing pictures of like birds and alligators mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they come out amazing and they, they look really good and I can, I can tweak them a little bit in Lightroom or something. But then what happens is uh, I, I get tasked to do something that's different, like take pictures inside the <laughs> aquarium where I work and it's like mm-hmm. a dark place and everything's moving and I end up with a bunch of like granulated, blurry pictures of fish or something exactly. like that. And that's when I, and that's when I, I realized I needed to go out of like um, auto and try and figure out, you know, better lighting mm-hmm. options and stuff like that. So that's where that technicality really shines. You can get those pictures that just the auto point and shoot isn't just isn't going to get it exactly manual like when you get into a very low light situation like that manual is the only way to go because you have control of your shutter speed so when a photo is blurry that is because your shutter speed is too slow and so you have to kind of mess with the settings and mess with the iso and things like that to where you can get the shutter speed just fast enough to where you don't get that motion blur and and that's where it gets really technical and it's making sure like professionally speaking when i'm at work i have very expensive equipment like very expensive equipment but we have that because specifically we shoot in a lot of low light situations and so um, we're able to get the expensive lenses and expensive glass to where we can bump up the iso to where you don't see any noise whatsoever and it's 
it's very technical, but it's awesome. And and for those of you listening out there going, uh, this is, is this whole thing going to be about <laughs> photography and videography? Look, look at it like this. If, if you're into taking pictures or shooting videos, even casually, you're probably going to pick up some good tips in this episode. And if you're not, then it's going to give you more appreciation and respect when you see those cruise vlogs out there and uh, and people are making amazing content in situations. And if you tried to film or video in that yourself without that knowledge, you'd end up with much different results. So I think that's uh, that's that's something that I've found too. Is, you know, there's sometimes you, you think you got this beautiful shot and then you go back and you watch it and you go, I messed that up. <laughs> or it wasn't in focus. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's why I probably, I focus when I do my YouTube videos, um, I actually primarily focus on mobile photography um, because most people have a smartphone and with smartphones, you can be kind of as automated as automated could be. Um, you basically just bring your phone out and start taking photos, but um, you can actually get pretty manual in the onboard camera app, or you can download third-party camera apps and get really in-depth and able to change all of those different settings. And so that's why I try to focus on more mobile photography than say DSLR or things like that, because a lot of people don't really want to know or care to know about ISO and f-stop and things like that. So that's why I primarily focus on mobile photography. And what's that, that thing, that expression I always hear, the, the best camera, what's the best camera? The one that you have with you, that's the best camera. Exactly. And you, you may not always be looking around that big DSLR camera, but you probably have your cell phone with you most of the time. And exactly. cell phone cameras just keep getting better and better and better. So that's, that's a really cool thing to uh, to remember. Now, Kimbra. Yes. You're quiet right there. Yep. And and I know when we when when I said we're going to talk about photography, she was like, "Great, I don't. Uh, well, I'll just sit here." But you've <laughs> been known to take a picture or two with your with your cell phone. I take some pictures with my phone. Yes. So what? Tell us what 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 are your experiences? What have they been like taking pictures like on a cruise ship or something with your cell phone? Have you had good luck with it, bad luck with it, mixed results? What, what's your Probably outcome? mixed results. It yeah. depends on what I'm trying to take a picture of. Okay. So um, I know that you did some video with your phone mm-hmm. underwater, too. Yes. You put that in like a Ziploc bag and went underwater? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, uh. <laughs> tell us about that. I have thought about that before. I, I've seen people do that. I, I can't imagine I actually, it would so, be a good yeah. idea. I, but, I used to do that with, I had a tablet that I put in a Ziploc bag and put in the bathroom so I could take a shower and watch I was, stuff I was like, where it. is this going? <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> I wanted to watch stuff while I was showering. Okay. So I made my tablet, wa- anyways, that's Water not bill the question. is more expensive than the cable bill, but. <laughs> um. What did you ask me? Oh, my phone. Um, so I had a, um, a life-proof case. Mm-hmm. So, which, which is a waterproof case for, I don't know if they just, well, they make them for Android. Yeah, they make them for, cause you have yeah, an all kinds of phones. Yeah, yeah so it, it wasn't bad quality. It definitely wasn't as good as, like, your fancy camera, but it was pretty good quality. <laughs> um, but the audio was just muffled. Yeah. 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 That's a problem underwater with underwater photography well videography photography does audio isn't really a factor but with uh with <laughs> videography audio is always an issue now when you're underwater itself you don't 
usually really care too much about it. Although I can tell you, some of the sounds I've heard from videoing while I'm snorkeling or scuba diving are quite frankly terrifying. But and they're all from me. They're all me going. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it's it's a good way to maybe kind of judge how well you're breathing when you're doing these things. But um, but then what what I know is is after that, like say we're using the GoPros or something, and and, uh, uh, we don't need the waterproof case, which is great. But you get out of the water and it's still muffled because there's water in there. Do you Mm -hmm. have any tips or tricks on on how to deal with that? Because I know we've we've messed up some audio sequences with that a few times. Basically, before you start talking, give it ten to fifteen seconds, um, because when especially with the new GoPros, um, they kind of have the system to where as soon as it basically detects that it goes goes underwater, like it basically shuts off all that, and um, so once it gets out of the water, you can still hear the. Like it sounds like you're still actually underwater because there's still water inside of where the speakers are, okay. and it kind of pushes it out once it once you get above water. So give it ten to fifteen seconds before you actually start talking, and then it should be it should be fine. Okay. But like a trick to help that, I don't think there is. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Uh, put it in the sun. I, I I've tried like blowing exactly. into it and stuff like that, but that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But I you know I don't think sometimes we get mixed results with that. And I don't know that I've ever thought of the time as a variable in that, but now that you mm-hmm. say that, that's because with editing sense. and whatnot, I mean, you can spice it together. Yeah. Like it was never there. Right. Photography and photography with um, GoPro. And you get like that little droplet of water on the, on the lens and you see it when you're recording. Yes. Oh, I hate that so yes. Much. Okay. That we just had that happen to us because we were at Chonkanob in Cozumel uh-huh. And uh, I love that place. yes, and, and Kimbra, we were mm-hmm. over by the dolphins. We were like over on the right side in the water. If you're mm-hmm. facing the, the water, and um, Kimbra was getting some good shots of the dolphins jumping out of the water through the fence. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, but there was a droplet of water on there, and it was like, <laughs> it, and it's like she dipped it underwater. It went away, but then it like rematerialized. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, yep. so that's just there's not really much you can do about because you can't carry like a dry mm-hmm. cloth with you when you're out snorkeling. Exactly. Or I wonder since. Um, you are the snorkel slash scuba master. <laughs> if there is some sort of solution that you put inside of your goggles, if you can put out inside of the the lens, maybe I don't know. I don't know. That'd I mean, interesting that... toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well. So the the way that like anti fog works is, which could be spit or it could be a special made stuff or it could be baby shampoo. Mm-hmm. But basically, the whole premise of it is that it makes the surface of the lens on the inside. Um, so slick that that the water condensation can't adhere to it so Mm -hmm. the only thing is i think if it was if it was on the outside it would wear off probably while you were while you were swimming around (laughs) but i don't know that is an interesting we could try it yeah we could try it and see once we're allowed to go to a spring again (laughs) or what yeah right right. (laughs) or we could just spit spit on the lens and (laughs) yeah (laughs) do it But that's that like with GoPro like underwater footage, um, that's definitely been the worst is coming up and having the water droplets on there because you you don't know until right like you may see it but you really don't know until you look at the footage afterwards you're like oh no yeah yeah, yeah. or uh, or the other thing that I've encountered uh, more than one time is is I didn't realize I had a little bubble on the lens like when I'm swimming underwater and I get a oh, I get a yeah. bubble on there and I get this really beautiful video and then I get back and it's like 
a, a third of the screen is a bubble that was, you know, like yeah. a millimeter. I've actually never noticed that before, but yeah, I can see that happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's, yeah I think it happens to me a lot because if I'm if I'm swimming down and then coming up, there I'm like generating bubbles and I'm swimming down. Mm-hmm. Now what I'll do is is I'll get I get paranoid about it, so that one's easy to fix. I just have to remember to like take and just mm-hmm. swipe my finger over the over the lens, and hopefully that'll catch any of those yeah. bubbles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: um, You're on a cruise, okay? What mm-hmm. what gear do you take with you for vlogging and photography on a on a normal Jonathan Bailey cruise? What's your what's your gear bag? Um, typically, just a GoPro and my phone. Um, I've actually have never taken my big DSLR on a cruise before. Um, one, just because of the space, like it just takes up so much space and I'd much rather take, uh, clothing and so I can pack as little as possible. Um, but basically my phone, um, a Joby gorilla pod, my GoPro and a jaws clamp. I don't yep. know if you've ever heard of that, but it's, it, and it has a really long extension and it's perfect for time lapses with GoPros and that's that's pretty much about it um, my last cruise i did take in a microphone for my camera um i don't know what oh, for my phone i don't know what happened um but the audio at the beginning of the day sounded horrible so i never used it the rest of the time <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah, okay. i was like nope I'm, I'm thinking that i'm taking too much stuff so i have taken my dslr a few times but i stopped doing mm-hmm. it because just exactly what you said it was like a whole nother bag of gear and I got some nice shots. Now, I think if I was going on an excursion and I knew I was going to be going into like a, a rainforest or something more mm-hmm. terrestrial than the, where I could use it more, I maybe would would take it with me. But um, the last couple of cruises, I haven't done that. I've just I've done the GoPro or my Sony. And then this last one, I did the GoPro and the Sony, but we didn't use the Sony at all. We had two GoPros. And then uh, cell phone. So that actually worked out pretty well. When you vlog, are you, like, when you're not in a water environment, are you still using the GoPro primarily or are you using the uh, phone? No, I actually I actually use my phone. Um, currently, I have the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Um, it is a beast of a phone. But um, basically, all the cruise vlogs I've done so far have been on my iPhone 8 Plus. And you can shoot 4K 60 frames a second on those things and that's way better than like my uh my canon rebel per se that's what i have um for personal use and just the quality you can get and it literally goes into your pocket it's just i don't i wouldn't want to carry another piece of equipment and not use it because i would just want to use my phone but one because i'm so used to using it i'm used to the settings i used to i'm used to just knowing what to do with it and when you're out and about it's not as like embraceive or in your face basically to everybody else because i'm kind of mindful of their space as well and if i'm putting around a huge camera like feels like i'm invading their space as well as trying to get my shot and i I don't want to do that either yeah it's it's always a little awkward when you first start vlogging even with something small like that you you sometimes Mm -hmm. are that first few (laughs) times you're walking around talking to yourself in the camera you're like i feel really weird right now you you Mm kind of get used to it i guess some people do more and some people less so okay let me ask you this though Mm -hmm. so um so you said you can switch to 4k and all that i've i've never tried Mm -hmm. that with my i have an iphone i think it's a I think it's a 7 plus or an 8 plus. I don't even know. You told me 7 the other day. Okay, then it's a 7 plus. Um, 
is that something you do in the native phone app on the iPhone? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually just right in the settings. So um, you go to the settings of your phone, and I don't know if the iPhone Seven Plus can shoot in four K. Okay, I think that, it'll that only shoot in ten eighty p. I don't have it with me. That may be why I haven't uh, haven't haven't seen it because I've I've heard that you can shoot in four K, but I'm like yeah, never seen I've never seen that option or anything. But I thought maybe I just wasn't looking for it. So, okay, here's the other problem I've run into with the iPhone. Well, there's two problems I've run into. I'm curious how you solve these. One is I run out. I'm worried I'll run out of memory on my mm-hmm. iPhone if I'm shooting. Do you transfer your video while you're on the cruise to another device, or do you just keep it on the iPhone? Uh, I do. I take my MacBook Air with me, um, and I do back up my uh, videos. But most of the time, I have such a large space phone. I have. Uh, I usually have the 256 okay. gig size worth of phone. Um, I usually don't run out of space. Now with the new phone, um, if I'm shooting in 4K 60 the entire time. Um, even though I have a lot of space on this phone, it's uh, it's going to take up a lot of space. Right. So I may have to on the next cruise. I'll be going on a one in um, October. Typically, I don't have to because I don't have that much data. Now, if I have to, um, I will switch to um, 1080p, but I won't unless I actually have to. Okay, so you film everything in 4K and then... So here's my, I, I've, that made me want to ask some more questions, but before I get to those, mm-hmm. let me backtrack to my other question okay. about the iPhone, something that I've had trouble with. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like all Apple all the time, but I am t- kind yeah. of in that ecosystem. And I, I love my mm-hmm. iPad, like more than anything other than like my yeah. mom and Kimbra. So, um, <laughs> so I, but, but the problem I've had is now when I shoot in with the iPhone and then I take that video and I put it in premiere um mm-hmm. it doesn't it can't take it like there's some format that the iphone is filming in and, and premiere adobe premiere is like no mm-hmm. we don't we don't like that footage exactly when you're shooting with your phones um it is a it's vfr which is variable frame rate um and what premiere do you run like do you have i have the i i used to use elements but now i've been using mm-hmm. the um pro the pro one yeah the the cc one okay um have you updated it by chance to the 2020 i have yeah it should be fully updated okay. now i haven't to i haven't tried this for maybe a, okay. a few months but um okay it worked yesterday with those other videos it did work i got some videos from somebody i work with and i think they have iphones and it did work so i don't know if it resolved it but they have older iPhones. yeah the the newer updates with adobe premiere pro um because that's actually what i use to edit um previous versions um they would not read vfr so they they could not read very full frame rate at all they needed CFR constant frame rate. And when you're shooting with your phone, you say, yes, I'm shooting at 60 frames a second, but it, with it being VFR or variable, it changes. So it may not be 60 frames a second at all times. And so the older versions of Premiere actually wouldn't know how to read that. And so you'd have to take it into an external program to fix the frame rate, basically to one constant frame rate. And then you can take it into, um, Premiere Pro and it worked fine, but with the update, it worked perfectly fine. They got, they got fine a fix. That's good to know. Yeah, and now that you say that, I think the last time I had trouble with it in the full Premiere, we put the video in and it was doing some weird stuff, like 
slow motion and stuff like that. Like it was. No, that was the time lapse thing. Was it the time lapse yeah, thing? Yeah, we thought, couldn't figure out how to use time lapse. I another one that. Oh, maybe that's okay. Yeah. Never mind. I don't. I had other technical <laughs> problems there. Um, one thing that it would do, it was it would actually make it do weird sync things, so the audio would not be matched up with the video, and that was one of the main issues um, with VFR going into older versions of Premiere. I think that I think we that had that happen right. too. Yeah, I think yeah. we did have that happen too, and it was very frustrating. And I thought, and yeah. I just. I had just redone my subscription to Adobe because they came out with a good deal. And I was like, and I did it primarily to get Premiere because I was trying to using Premiere Elements. And uh, and then and then that happened like right after that. And I was like, what am I paying all this money for? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and Premiere Pro, like, it is a beast of a program. There's, I mean, I use it all the time, but there are so many things that I don't know. Like, there's just so many different nuances to it. And, like, the people that are professionals in that, that I don't understand that. <laughs> right. No, it's, I, it's insane. I can relate to that with Photoshop because that's used for a lot of digital art. And uh, it's the mm-hmm. same thing. Like I know, I know how to do the digital art stuff in there, most of it, but there's like mm-hmm. a, that's like a fraction of what the program can do. I feel like it's the same with what I do in Premiere, what we do in Premiere right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we barely scratch the surface. Like Kimber yeah. and I are like constantly <laughs> like trying to figure out, you know, how do you add the, um, how do you add the the uh, the video transition to all the segments at once? So what's that hotkey again? And then we have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Well, we've probably looked that up like fifteen times. Well, Kimber's probably yeah. looked it up fifteen times <laughs> while I'm fuming and steaming and trying random things and messing it up further. But uh, mm-hmm. but but that's cool. Now here's here's my other question that prompted from that, and that is uh, this is something that I go back and forth on. You say you shoot in four K all the time, which mm-hmm. uh, seems to be the the logical thing to do. But then when I go to edit it, it slows the process down quite a bit because the computer's like, oh, 4K. And then mm-hmm. if it's a short video, it's it's not a big deal. But if it's like a 30-minute video, it starts to really chug after a while. My computer's not like the fastest <laughs> in the world, but it's, I mean, yeah, it's decent. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it can yeah. run pretty well. Um, any tips or tricks on that or? or... Uh, definitely, because when I first started, um, it did that as well. But what's really cool is when you're editing in Adobe Premiere Pro, you can actually, like all of your playbacks and while you're editing, you can actually make it to where it's half or a quarter of the resolution, basically. And so you can say, I'm going to edit all of this in a quarter of the resolution. Now, that doesn't take away from the actual file at all. It just makes it like the playback. Right. And so when it's a fourth of the size, it makes it to where it's it doesn't take as much of the CPU and computing power to where, or much of the graphic card to where you can edit it. And then once you're done and you export it, it's the original file and it's still in 4K. Okay, yeah, we, we've played around with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. That has definitely helped a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good to know. All right. But with, yeah, with 4K, it, it uh, depending on your computer, it can, it can definitely bog it down. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when you when you output the video, when you export the video, do you export it as a 4K video that you put up on YouTube, or do you export it as like I know some people will will put the 4K in, but then they'll actually export it at like 1080p, or they'll export it at 2.7 or whatever yeah. whatever it is. I actually export it at 1080p. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, I, most of the like, if I'm doing um, just like a talking video, I'll record in 24 frames a second. Just because that's like the the 
cinematic golden frames per second. And so um, even if I'm shooting in 60 frames a second with 4K on my phone, um, I always um, export it as 1080p at 24 frames a second. I know doing a lot of underwater footage, there's extra issues that you run into with, with the frames mm -hmm. per second. And it's it looks like even if you have this 4K video, sometimes it'll look like pixelated if depending on mm -hmm. how you you do that and stuff it's kind of it's kind of weird that's one of the things that we've been trying to kind of sort through and learn and it's a problem i didn't used to have so i think it's because i'm shooting in the higher resolution <laughs> that i'm actually running into yeah. these issues like more detail mm -hmm. but then it's getting it's messing it up so that's interesting as yeah well. causing like flicker and weird things yeah, and, it's, yeah. it's strange yeah it's, it's yeah, really it's strange odd. this last cruise that we went on we tried to get more technical than ever and we watched a lot of videos <laughs> on un underwater uh filming uh -huh. who's the guy that we watch is mick. it mick, Ber mick Ber burgers i don't know what it is i will look it up it's anyway he did, he's in hawaii the poor guy lives in hawaii mm -hmm. and gets to film all the time but uh but he had some interesting things and we we did more i guess you would say manual videoing in that we had mick like bergsma yeah yeah great channel yeah but um but kind of you kind of like dull everything down and that gives you more control mm -hmm. over you i'm sure you're i'm sure you're familiar with this but mm -hmm. for, for us it was like that was weird and then when you first look at your footage you're like this looks terrible yeah. but then i guess it gives you it's kind of like a raw footage raw photo in photography it just gives you more data to move it up and down i don't i don't know it, but it seems yeah when like it's worked okay so you're talking about shooting in log to where it kind of dumbs down the colors and the contrast and everything yeah, yeah. that is basically solely to go in and color grade yourself yes <laughs> yes um basically when you shoot in log and you shoot in raw um it makes the dynamic range uh sorry my dogs are barking <laughs> i don't know why i have three of them okay sorry about that that's okay that's all right <laughs> So yeah, so when you're when you're shooting like that, you're shooting in log. So it takes away kind of like all the contrast. It takes away a lot of the color, and it makes it the tonal range look kind of like it's muddy. Yeah. Um, but what you're able to do is it doesn't blow out the highlights, and it doesn't like create super super blacks in the shadows. So you're able to go in and color grade it to where you can bring up the exposure and everything else, and give it that real big cinematic look. Yeah, and that that worked, I think pretty well we're still learning for sure when it comes to that but yeah that and like we were diving in uh, grand cayman and we're going through these coral caves and i know from filming in those same caves before that what has happened is you've got this sort of dark environment as soon as you get to the entrance of the cave or if you look up because it's not completely enclosed in most spaces mm -hmm. and that light comes in it just blows it out and it just you just get mm -hmm. like a white all around the screen but um, one of the other things we did was like put like a I think it was like a range limit on the ISO. I think that's what it was. And then, oh, and that's that, cool. yeah, and that kept that from doing that. So that you still got a little bit of blowout, but it wasn't nearly mm -hmm. like it was the last time I filmed there. So that was kind of kind of interesting. But. The other issue that we had is we we set our cameras to I thought the same settings, but our pictures look completely different. Yeah, our video came out different. So. Yeah. We were t it's cool to have two cameras because we can get like two perspectives and sort of mesh it together, but um, but yeah they don't look the same so we have to figure out what what the deal was. I'm thinking we must have had one setting that was different or something. Mm -hmm. It was yeah mine was like way dull and yours was a little more blue. Yeah yeah yeah. So we'll have to so we'll have to see. I don't know. Can you adjust your white balance? Yes. In 
that could have been yeah, it. Um, if it is a more, if it's a bluer tint, that is definitely a white balance thing. So one could have been on an automatic white balance. The other one could have been, um, say, because daylight is white balance is based off the Kelvin scale, and so daylight is around fifty three hundred. And once you start going below that, like that's when you start getting your bluer colors. So it could have been on a manual um, color balance or color, white balance, and could have been knocked down some. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check. The cool thing with GoPros. If, if you guys have GoPros out there, you probably know this, but if not, you can set different like settings for video so you can have one that's for underwater and you can have you can tweak all these settings so it's ready to go and then you just put it into that setting when you film and then it's it's good. So we'll have to look at our settings yeah. and see if we if we match up 100%. <laughs> one of us <laughs> might have tweaked the thing. It's probably me on accident. But uh... Now, one thing I've seen with GoPros is you can actually get the red filter built in. Um, because I know you've talked about this before and I've seen um, other YouTubers talk about this is once you dive and once you get down so far, the red colors are basically gone. Right. And so you can actually get a red filter to go on GoPros to where it, it looks more natural color when you're diving. Yeah, um, we we actually did that when we um, dove in Grand Cayman. We didn't do it at mm-hmm. Cozumel because we were just snorkeling, but we definitely used the red filter in Grand yeah, Cayman awesome. for that reason. And the footage turned out awesome. Yeah, yeah, it came, it came out pretty good. But one and one of the things yeah. I, I got a really cool toy, um, and it's it's basically it's got like a it's got like a, a magnifier lens on it, but then it's got the red filter. But the cool thing about it is you can just flip it up, so you can oh, that's put cool. the red filter mm-hmm. on or off. And and mm-hmm. what I'm curious about is if I can color grade it myself. Do I need the red filter? Is it going to help? So I'm still kind of experimenting with that. Um, it's hard to say. Still, we just I, need to go diving more. I know that's that's the, that's the <laughs> exactly. way to solve that problem. But I know well, when snorkeling, it's an issue because when you go up with a red filter, mm-hmm. then every the world is pink all of a sudden. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the balance of how deep can I go and still have the filter on right. before it starts looking really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that Sony uh, FDRX three thousand has a technology built into it where it adjusts that with the depth like it can it can mm-hmm. i guess it, i don't know if it reads the light or the depth or what but it does a That's really cool. good job of it which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why i had gone away from gopro for so long and then i just came back because sony hasn't released a new one there's another camera out there i don't know if you've heard of this one it's called well they have a new version called the vaquita but what's the the, the paralens yeah the paralens it's made for divers by divers so it's it's basically it's a 4k camera it's in the shape of like a like a flashlight though um the new one has a screen on the back of it and um it's really cool it doesn't you don't have to put it in a case or anything um it only has one battery that you charge like it's in the batteries in the thing i think you can replace it but it's not made to like interchange it uh but the battery is supposed to last i think like two hours in 4k shooting in 4k yeah which is really that's big that's a huge issue for for underwater Mm -hmm. stuff if you have a case especially but um the price tag's up there a little bit because it's still a new is it yeah they've they've got some sponsorship i think from noaa they're working with noaa and stuff so they're It's it's really interesting. I'm interested to watch and see where that camera you goes. You almost got one for Christmas. I did, but it was too expensive, <laughs> and I, and I found out, and I was like, no, no, we we can get two GoPros for the price of this thing, and and we did, and we did. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yay. <laughs> now with with the because um, you have the GoPro Hero Eight, yeah. correct? Yeah. 
Now that is um, an external battery, not an internal battery, right? Correct. Yes. So it's a battery you plug in. Yeah. So how did it? How did that work for you all in Grand Cayman? Grand Cayman when you were diving? Did you have to switch out the batteries? If you did, how'd you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's always the challenge for me if I'm diving. If I'm snorkeling. And, and I don't need the, the dive suit for it. The, I, don't, I don't know if they still call mm-hmm. it the super suit. But if I don't need that, it's, the, the it's, super suit. Yeah, that, it's, it's not a problem because you just open the con- compartment, you know, dry off the camera, open the compartment, put the new battery in, boom, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. If you have a dive suit, like a housing it's got to go into, just the slightest bit of moisture gets in there. And that mm-hmm. GoPro heats up and you just fog your lens. Yeah. Uh, you can yeah. put little inserts in there, which I have, that help reduce that. But I have fogged the lens before and lost footage, and it makes me cry. So I'm always, like, paranoid about it. Um, we got – let's see. I, I filmed the whole dive, which was about 45 minutes, 48 minutes. Uh, I felt like it was about an hour. Was it, it that was long? A long? We could look at the long. footage and see. But, we could. But, it, but basically, um, I started it when, when I got hit the water, and um, I turned it off, or it died actually right – at the end of the dive. So it lasted oh, that long. Um, the, That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was good. The problem was then like, if I, like I didn't want to film with my GoPro at all until, uh, until we got to the place. Cause I knew I couldn't change the battery mm-hmm. on the dive. So it, it is a problem. I don't understand why we can't get a camera like the hero eight that has longer battery life. Like GoPro, like maybe this Vaquita thing is it, mm-hmm. but like, I, w- I don't care if it's bigger. I don't need it to be as small as a GoPro for, for what I need it for. I just want like three hours of battery life or something like that. I know they heat up and stuff. I know that's a problem, but I don't know. I, I guess people want the yeah. that compact. <laughs> I, I like that it's small. I mean, it is convenient that it's yeah. small, but if I didn't have and to change the battery. And then you have that cool little contraption that you have your GoPro in, too. Yes. That was so cool. That, that, is, that helps a lot. Like yeah, having the that. stabilization with that is mm-hmm. very nice. And the, the GoPro 8 has the stabilization like built into the, the new batteries that it has, so it mm-hmm. like double stabilizes. Yeah, I found some old footage that I, I used to just do photography and I just use like an Olympus tough point and shoot camera. Uh-huh. And uh, but mm-hmm. I did a few videos and I found some from like, I think, 2014 or something and uh, no stabilization on that. And looking at those videos, it's just like you almost get nauseous watching them. Exactly. One of my first cameras that I used um, for my first cruise ever was on the Sensation. And we actually went to Chankanab there. Um, I had an Acaso, Acaso, whatever, EK7000. It was some cheap, they said 4K camera off of Amazon <laughs> for like 50 bucks. And it, the audio was horrible. The video quality was horrible. And I lost, it corrupted my card. And so I lost like half of the footage oh. of Chankanab and the cruise in, I was not happy. No, <laughs> oh, no. I tried to get it back, but I, I just couldn't. Yeah, I I had a similar experience with my first GoPro. It was a it was a five, and I the first one I bought it, I literally bought it, didn't even get home because I went on my lunch hour, picked it up, and started playing with it, and it it was broken. And um, oh I yeah, I called them thinking, you know, what am I doing wrong? And they're like, no, you got a defective one. So I sent it in. Or I just exchanged it. I just went back to Best Buy and returned it, got a new one, and then um, I had a lot of issues where. I thought it was recording and it wasn't. Sometimes I'm almost sure it should have been recording and it didn't. And mm-hmm. I lost a bunch of footage from that. And then the thing just became a paperweight 
It'll st I still have it, but it only works if it's plugged in. If you put any battery in it, and I've tried like three or four different batteries, it won't come on at all. So uh, that turned me off of GoPros as well for a long time, but I've I've come back around to them. So and we've been we've yeah, been really happy improved. with the eight. So. <laughs> and I know so many people that have Hero fives that didn't have that issue. I just apparently mm -hmm. had the lemons of the Hero five collection. I don't know, maybe it was the same, Amanda, it's probably the same batch. They, they've recorded on the 5. I think they probably still have the 5, don't they, Roy and Amanda? I think so. Well, well they just got they the just, 8. Yeah, they, they saw, uh, okay. hey, let me tell you about the shows. <laughs> we we hung out with them, and uh, was it right after we got our 8s or right? We, I think soon we, after. It was like November, beginning of December, maybe. Yeah, and, and we went to it. We took them to a spring, and uh, and after that, right after that, they bought their own Hero 8. So well, they were trading theirs oh, and in. Then they, they, had, they went to the spring. They went to the spring. They were like, we need a Hero 8 now. Yeah, they, they were trading there. They had a 5. They traded it in and yeah. got the 8 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, the quality of the 8 is insane. Like, um, like being able to vlog with it. And like with you, you have the media mod, all the different attachments and whatnot you can do, like you can have with it. It's... It's an still, amazing product. Still waiting for that video um, the, screen, the though. Display mod. The display mod oh, is yeah. still not out yet, and that, there's so many times we could use that. That is, we're looking forward to yeah. that. I think, I think the last time we checked, which was today or yesterday, I looked at it yesterday. It said it's available in April. So if you're, yeah, but it has said that like for the next month, like for the last three months. <laughs> we'll but see. you're getting it What's for the free. the hold up, GoPro? That's right. For yes. my mom. Yes, that's not for free. But yes. What's free? Kind of. front, my mom is yes. paying for it. You yes. are not. And I, <laughs> yes, and I appreciate it very much. I know sometimes she listens. Thank you so much. That's so awesome. Um, okay, so let's let's get back. Speaking of new gear, mm -hmm. uh, you've been reviewing some stuff from Movo, which actually mm -hmm. makes the the um, stabilizer that we use with our GoPros for underwater is Movo. But um, I think that's isn't that what's on the side of it? It's Movo, yeah, it's right? Movo. Yeah, but but that's not what you were. You've been reviewing like this. Uh, phone setup basically mm -hmm. and uh, it looks really cool it made me want to vlog with my phone and, and now having mm -hmm. this conversation makes me think maybe we should go into vlogging with our phones for some of our cruise maybe footage. I actually after we watched your video I actually went on to see my my cell phone is paid off so I'm ready for an upgrade so I actually mm -hmm. went on and looked at like how much iPhone 11s were I'm so, I could, get this, <laughs> so I could yeah. get this so I could get this cool little setup and a new phone and yeah but but i i um, don't go into too much detail because we want people to go to your youtube channel which by the <laughs> exactly. way will be linked in the show notes um and uh and just go look up photog experience on youtube you'll find it and uh watch your full reviews because they're very in-depth mm -hmm. very informative but just briefly kind of tell us about that that unit well it all started because i wanted to find a shotgun microphone to vlog and movo has this an amazing uh, shotgun mic called the VXR10. Um, if you've heard of the Rode Video Micro or things like that, like it's very comparable to that. Um, and it's it's an amazing product. And so um, I had this microphone for a year or two and I just decided, hey, why not do a review on that? Because a lot of people are searching for microphones, shotgun, like many shotgun mics. And so I made the review and Movo actually reached out to me and they wanted to do a collab. And so I was like, yes, yes, please, please, please. That's amazing. And so they sent me out two different types of products. They sent me the Smart Senna W1, which is the, the product you're talking about now. Um, it is just an all-in-one vlogging heaven, basically. If you're wanting to do mobile vlogging, 
It has a very powerful ring light. Um, this particular model has um, a wireless mic. I'm actually using that wireless mic right now because oh, really? I thought it sounded the best. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. I have the unit plugged into my computer and I'm actually using the, the pack right now. So, um, which is awesome. And it gives you a lavalier mic and all of that. And it gives you this really nice phone clamp, which um, has a quarter 20 mount on it. So you can mount it on any kind of tripod, any kind of anything you want like that. And it's actually really solid. Like it's super solid. So it doesn't feel like your phone's going to fall out of your hand or anything like that. Um, it's a, yeah, like you said, check out the, the review. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Really awesome. My, my favorite thing is just, the distance you can oh, get from yeah. that was like, insane. Yeah, no, it's insane. <laughs> no spoilers, but guys, go watch this video because Kimber and I are watching this going, No, he's not. No, that are you kidding right? me? Like that, <laughs> if that like sold us on it right there, yeah. like, that is unbelievable. This and product, the, most of the, the wireless, um, like with Rode and a few other um, companies, their wireless mics, um, they don't go that far before they start like breaking up and. It's, I, I was blown away. Like it's, it's an amazing product and the price tag is insane. Um, and then the other product, the other product they sent me, it's, it's a way it's, I wouldn't, I don't want to say it like this, but it's kind of a dumbed down version. So basically it's just your phone, um, just a clamp for your phone. And then um, you can, they give you another of the VXR 10s, like that's part of the package. And then they also put in uh, a small little LED light. So it, it it can virtually be a very nice vlogging setup as well. Um, I haven't really tested that out much. That's going to be my next review. Um, but everything that I've seen from Movo so far, it has been phenomenal. Like their quality of of material and everything have been awesome. Well, we're not sponsored, but I will say that <laughs> exactly the only not product, sponsored yeah, by <laughs> the only product I've used are the are the stabilizers. And basically, mm -hmm. I had a stabilizer before. I think before Movo must have bought out this company, or they just changed it. The old one didn't have Movo on it, but they they actually improved it, which is a pretty simple thing. It's just kind of two handles and a thing you put your GoPro on. But there were stupid little things about it when I first bought it, like the the screws would rust, and they just. They just yeah, made it like, weird. yeah, and it was, they made it for underwater and salt water. They put stainless steel stuff in there. It's a, it's a perfect so solid bad. little thing. Yeah. So, so check out Movo if you're looking for some good camera gear because, and check yeah, out uh, those videos. All right. So a lot of people are stuck inside right now, or maybe they can go out like Kimber and I can go out like in our backyard area. Mm -hmm. um, this is a great time to develop skills and, and pick up that extra learning and stuff at, are there any tips or little experiments or exercises that you would say people could do with their, just with their cell phone or whatever, just to kind of learn some basic photography? Definitely. So what makes a different photo between an amateur and a uh, pro is the way it looks. Basically it's um, when you're working with uh, images, it's all about the angle. It's all about what you see and everything. And a lot of times when you're just bringing up your phone and taking a photo from an amateur standpoint, it is basically just up one shot done. But to practice to get away from that is say you see a tree or like in my backyard, I have a shed is try to take as many different photos of that one particular object as you can from laying on the ground, from trying to get up above, from just all these different angles and see how many different angles you can 
get of that one particular object. Um, say it's a lamp or it's your computer or whatever. And what that does is that makes you think, okay, well, I'm in this position. I can step over two feet this way and it makes the shot more interesting. And so with practicing that you can like muscle memory, basically with your brain, um, if you're on a cruise or something like that, and you say you want to take a photo of the whale tail, like it's not just bam done. Like you can actually, oh, well, if I step over this way, if I go underneath it or something, um, I can take a more interesting shot. Like doing something like that and taking multiple shots of the same thing will train your brain to look at something a more artistic way instead of just picking up your phone and shooting it. It's it's all about composition. Is what you're Definitely. talking about Definitely. the rule of thirds mm-hmm. and all these different things and and uh, and I can I can relate to that 100 percent because there's so many times when I take I'll take five pictures of a bird and then I get home and edit them and they're the same picture five times and I think if I would have moved exactly. over one foot <laughs> then that weed wouldn't have been in front of that bird's face but mm-hmm. uh, that is a really good tip and and think of it this way too like let me put my my uh, drawing painting spin on it you know think about some of your favorite artwork or things that really catch your eye or that you remember it's not always the most realistic photorealistic renaissance style it's more about what is the picture of and anybody can paint a picture of you know a a ship but the one that's going to catch your eye is the one that has the interesting composition that that speaks to you in some way and that's exactly the same thing in photography that's what makes that's what makes it an art form and not just a mechanical Mm -hmm practice that you go through it's the same with drawing i think mm-hmm. and what you could do as well um i'm not very well versed in the android world i've been team iphone since like 2006 but you can do a lot of manual different a lot of manual settings just in your onboard camera app um so mess with those like um try to set your exposure or try to mess with your iso or frame rate and um just learn it. Um, if you want to use your phone as your camera or your video camera or anything like that, just, just take the time to learn what it does. Like, um, panos like or panoramas, you can do that straight out of your phone. And a lot of people don't really realize just how powerful a pano or panorama photo can be. And anywhere I go, I always take a panorama photo and like, they're just so powerful because you get this real long um, photo of an area that you can't see just by the naked eye. Like it's just so wide. And with the onboard camera, I mean, you can do time lapses and all of that stuff. And just what I say is just learn your equipment. <laughs> yeah. You, the best thing I guess is to just, you got to use it to, to learn it. And, but you got to mm-hmm. break out of that just point and click that auto mode. You've got to, you've got to, sometimes it takes deliberate action of doing things that way to kind of break mm-hmm. that habit. Very cool. It's that, it's that tourist mode. Like you're in a theme park or you're in a very touristy area and you see that person with the camera around their neck and they just kind of bring it up, take a shot, put it back yep. down and walk away. <laughs> like it's, yep. it's trying to break the mold of that. One thing, um, I haven't talked about it much, but one thing I'm trying to do is I want to start this thing called storyteller. Um, in in my brain, every every person that takes a photo or every person that takes a video, um, they're telling a story of something. Like with you, like with your diving, you're telling a story of that dive. Or um, 
or anything like that. And so what I'm trying to start, I, I, I do this just like with your page, a lot of, a lot of cruise content creators have done this to their page and they put like a creator corner type thing. Um, like you just, uh, just posted about yours today. Um, mine I'm trying to steer towards the storyteller. Like I want to help, um, uh, people help people help tell their story basically. And that's kind of what I'm going for is, uh, like you can take all these beautiful shots and you can take all these beautiful videos. Um, but if it's not really telling a story, then what is it for really? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Very cool. Well, speaking of that, where can people tell everybody, where can they find you? Uh, YouTube, go to YouTube, search photog experience. And you mm -hmm. said, um, also on a little bit on Instagram. Yeah. Um, my two primary focuses for social media is um, YouTube, which is the photog experience. And then it's basically the same on all platforms. So if you go to Instagram or Facebook, I have a Twitter, but I don't ever really use it. Um, I've never been a good person with words. It's always, I let my photos kind of do the talking. <laughs> so um, Instagram is perfect for that. So you can go there and look up the photog dog experience. And then I do have a Facebook page um, where I'm trying to build it up. There's not a lot of people there yet, but I'm trying to build it up to um, just get the kind of the storyteller uh, thing going and uh, a way for people to come together and share their photos and videos and just have a, a fun time doing it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. It's nice to talk to you in person. Yeah, definitely. I think this is the first time yeah. we've ever talked in person. Mm -hmm. And it is, uh, it's yeah. ex exactly as I pictured it. So very cool. Exactly. But yeah, thank you so much for joining we gotta us. We've got to meet up one of these days. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it would be awesome. Well, that was so much fun and just nice to talk to people, like with a voice instead of being shut in all the time. So, uh, Jonathan, thank you again for coming on. Uh, why am I saying that? Yeah, but it was good to have him on. He was very nice, like we said before. And I actually learned some stuff from him. I was going to ask you, did you learn anything from that whole conversation? I, I did, too. I did, yeah. Um, some of the stuff with Adobe Premiere was actually some of the stuff that we've struggled with. So that's that was good information. Very cool. So definitely check out his stuff. YouTube, The Photog Experience. Facebook, The Photog Experience. Instagram, Look, do you get a pattern here? The Photog Experience. Go and check him out. Well, you know what that sound means. What does it mean? Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It means it's time to splash into the cruise creature. That's right. And since I'm doing the Galapagos series, I thought it'd be fun to do a Galapagos animal. That's a good idea. Which one did you pick? You can cruise to the Galapagos. You know that? In fact, I think that's the only way you can get there is it with a cruise, a small cruise. So. Well, let's do that. Let's do that for sure. Okay. I picked the marine iguana because that's the first one I'm going to be drawing. And uh, they are also one of my favorite Galapagos animals, which is high praise because... There are a lot of animals I really like on the Galapagos Islands. Let's let's do a little bit about the Galapagos first. If you're not familiar, the Galapagos Islands are just off of the west coast of kind of northern South America. It's a small group of islands in Archipelago, and uh, they are famous for having a very unique biodiversity there. So different types of living things. 
they were separated from South America probably like 450 million years ago or something. And so animals have been adapting and changing there for a long time. In fact, Charles Darwin went there on the Beagle in the mid-1800s, and that is one of the places where he sort of came up with the, the possibility of natural selection as a tool for evolution. So lots of cool stuff there, lots of weird, strange things, and the marine iguana is one of the coolest. So is there one particular animal on the Galapagos Islands that you'd love to see? The marine iguana. That's the one? That's the one. If I could see any animal on the Galapagos Islands, it'd be the marine iguana. Now, I have seen, and you have too, Galapagos tortoises. Yes, that would be my pick. I mean, I'd like to see them on the island. Yes, that's what I mean. But I've I've seen them, I've fed them, I've petted them. So uh, they're cool, and, and I think they're really neat, but marine iguana is, like, awesome. I mean, think about it. This is this is an iguana that can free dive to 100 feet and hold its breath for an hour. Why would I not be in love with this reptile? Well, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yes. and I'm they, still not changing my answer, but that's really cool. <laughs> they come in different colors. There's actually several different subspecies that have sort of uh, evolved slightly differently on different islands. And uh, they're, they're different colors on diff- in these different areas besides being different subspecies. But some of them, most of them have black dark black or gray skin with uh, a little bit of white or light gray but a lot of them have reddish colors on them some of them even have like a turquoise on there they're really really pretty although most of the first explorers that discovered these marine iguanas did not have kind things to say about the way these lizards looked they were very unflattering in their description of these lizards because they if you've never seen a marine iguana i would say google it because they are different looking. They have a very flat face. They've got little spikes on their face. Um, their their lips look a little bit bigger than other iguanas. And that's actually an adaptation to help them scrape algae off of rocks underwater, which is their primary source of food. In fact, they are so specialized in eating this algae that uh, if there's no algae around, if there's like any type of weather pattern changes or anything it can be very detrimental to their health there are some of them that will go on and eat land plants but most of them won't do that and it's hard to eat algae you can't just be a lizard and go eat algae it doesn't work that way that it's too hard to digest it so what they do and this is kind of gross but what they have to do is when they're when they're youngins when they're baby lizards, mm-hmm. baby iguana no, sorry, sorry. when they're baby lizards they have really crappy diets like most young things, crappy diets. But in their case, it's literally crap. They're eating crap. They're eating poop from other iguanas to get bacteria in their gut, in their digestive tract, that will help them to break down the algae. And you want to hang out with one of these things? I mean, they only do it when they're babies. You don't think a baby iguana would be cute? I think it'd be adorable. And then it eats poop. Well, I mean, you know. You want to feed a baby iguana poop? Mama cats eat their kittens poop okay i mean it's not that uncommon for okay i mean i'm not going to kiss them on the lips i hope not so <laughs> but these these are these are really cool lizards they get about four to five feet long and they usually only weigh a few pounds but they can get heavier but they normally don't um, and they're really clumsy on land they're really adapted to this watery life they have a, a flattened tail that helps them to swim and um and and the thing is the water around the Galapagos is cold. You think, well, it's close to the equator, but because of the way currents work, 
it's like usually between the 50s and 70s. So it's kind of chilly and they are reptiles. They have to get warmed up to digest all that algae and poop. And so the way they do that is they sit on the hot rocks and bask in the sun and having that dark gray skin helps them absorb heat even quicker than if they were like, say, green, like their cousins that live over on the mainland were or something like that. Now, another thing that they do that is kind of weird is because they are basically consuming a lot of salt, like way more than is recommended for their diet, you know, like they got to cut back on the sodium. They don't have to cut back on the sodium. They have a special gland that allows them to get the salt out of their blood. The salt goes into their blood and then it's excreted. And the way that they get rid of it is by sneezing. Ew. Yeah, they sneeze salt. That's funny. It's it is funny actually, and and so you'll see little salt crystals around their nose and and stuff like that as well. But they are really really cool lizards, cool animals, cool iguanas, and uh, I don't know of any zoo or aquarium that has them. There may be one, but I don't know of it, and I've I have looked uh, that keeps them because I think it's just too difficult to keep them with their diet. Uh, maybe somebody's doing it, but they would probably have to actually grow this algae for them. So I don't know. If any of you out there have ever seen marine iguanas in an aquarium or zoo, let me know. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com. And don't forget to go over to the Florida Aquarium Facebook page and look for me and a video of me drawing and talking about the marine iguana. You'll know a lot of the information, but you'll learn a few things I didn't mention. So I just I just looked up the marine iguana. Just because you told me to look it up. Yeah. Kind of. And I found a picture of one sneezing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's that's what they do. I know. To be fair, other iguanas sort of do that, too. But they don't. Oh, yeah. That's a that is. I don't know how she she just looked up marine iguana sneezing. No, I looked up up? marine iguana and it was like the fourth picture. It looks like. It looks like a wizard casting some sort of ice spraying spell. From its nose. From its Yes, from its nose. I mean, it doesn't have a wand, so. Right. <laughs> and also there's going to be a coloring sheet, too. So you can find that on the Florida Aquarium website. Once the video is out, it won't be out at the time this is released. It'll be, uh, I think, early next week. All right. Well, I think it's time to head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fantastic Cruising, where we... No, this is the end of the episode, Matt. Oh, sorry, I was trying to get ahead of myself. Yeah, we're not there. No, but you know where we are. We're stuck at home like everybody else, and so we're we're trying some new things to to get that social experience, and uh, we use a platform called Zoom, which probably everybody is familiar with now. I don't know if everybody (laughs) was familiar with that a few weeks ago. But they are now. Um, that's how we talk to Jonathan. And uh, we also use that. We got about six of our friends. Actually, I think it was more than six of our friends, but six different uh, homes 
that got on Zoom with us, and we played a fun game of cruising trivia, or not trivia, but Jeopardy. Yeah. That that we created, and uh, it worked out pretty well. The Jeopardy part worked out okay, but the experience was great. So we are looking to do more of those, maybe even increase the number of people we can get on there. I know Zoom can handle 100, but I don't know if we can. Uh, we'll, we'll see because it's confusing when everybody's talking and stuff. So we have to figure all that out. But if you are interested in getting in on one of these sessions, hey, send us an email at fantasticcruising at gmail.com and let us know. Uh, we will also probably be saying things on the Facebook cruising community, Fantastic Cruising Community on Facebook. We'll probably be letting people know when we're doing stuff as well. But, uh, you know, if you want to increase your odds, send us that email. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely a lot of fun and hope to do more. And we had we had two creators on there with us, right? We did, yeah. And Just by two, chance. We just said first six people, and uh, we ended up with uh, John Klaikowski, uh-huh. and uh, we also had Dave and Brandy. Yep. So that's like three people, but two people, kind of. like. Well, it was actually, it was actually only Brandy for like the first half, and then, and then Dave showed up. Which, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, so kind of two and a and half. And Paradij like wanted to get in on it, but they just were just they missed a, a little it too like late. They missed it by like a half hour. Um, Ship shape with Ann and Stephen wanted to get in on it, but I think Ann was driving home. So, uh, so yeah, so there's possibly going to be some other creators that join us as well, hopefully, and it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Good way to to be social without being... Dangerous and stupid. Yeah, so di- social distancing. Yes, yes. Socially distancing socially. Yeah. Yes. 